Hello and welcome to the On The Nod Pods in association with thatagold.com. I'm your host, Will Rooney, and today I'm joined by regular tipster Henry Gibbs. Even Henry, how are we? How was the weekend for yourself? Yeah, it was good, Will. Thanks. Yeah, enjoyed the racing. Yeah, I'm looking forward to getting stuck stuck in again this weekend, really. Good stuff. And we have also got the returning maverick, that is Paul Martin. Paul, you were with us for our Breeders' Cup special with Tim Carroll. And you tipped up a, a couple of big price winners on that occasion. So do you think you can convert your flat form into national hunts? Well, that's the challenge, isn't it? It's, uh, as I say, we, we can all pick these winners out on the flat when there's no obstacles to uh, to get get over. So it's uh, I'm, I'm battling with the real men now, so... It's uh, here's how I cut my teeth. Let's see how we get on. And Paul, we didn't ask you last time because we had Tim on, but normally we ask our guests, don't we? Their favourite horse of past or present. So let's get to know you a little bit more about you and put you on the spot. Um, favourite or present? It's have to be uh, the Gael Quivega. Bit of a boring pick, but whenever I could get down past, to the you festival. mean? Sorry, did you say past? Did I say present? Past yeah. or present? Past. You said. Uh, well, past obviously is Quivega. Uh, so I used to go down to the festival quite often and blow the four-day budget within four races of air. Uh, and then Quivega would come out and strut the stuff. Uh, would launch the rest of the week's budget on and I'd be back level profit for the week uh, and ready to go again. So I'd have uh, to thank for getting me out of some holes. Um, I also had the soft soft for the Fugue as well on the flat. She was a particular favourite of mine, even though she was a bit of a Bucky's horse. One when you never expected her to, and when she was meant to go in, she'd uh, fluff her lines. Um, and then say round that off, St Nicholas Abbey, what a legend he was on the flat uh, for Mr O'Brien. Um, presence at the moment... It's hard to think. There's not really a standout for me at the moment. I say that I won a few quid on Champ on the RSA at Cheltenham, so by default, uh, I'd have to go Champ, but uh, not really got it, uh, a particular uh, girl who I fancy on the air uh, as when it comes to the horses this uh, at the moment, but subject to change, of course. Well, plenty of horses there that listeners can indulge in. And you mentioned Champ, who won the RSA. That moves us on seamlessly to last weekend's where we had the Befair Chaser. Tadoff, which was won by Bristol to Mike Landers Obo and Lost in Translation, were in Nigel Twist and Davis' charges wake, weren't they? Henry, come to you first. First of all, we I think it was yourself and Josh who tipped up Lost in Translation, but... Did we overlook Bristol to Mike, got its conditions? Were we too fixated on the, the classy animals and we didn't take into account that this was Bristol to Mike's Gold Cup and it was more obvious than, than it looked going into the race? Yeah, I think it was one of them. It was probably more a bet with our heart over our head on, on, on Saturday. I think I mentioned in the group chat and in the morning of Bethfair Chase Day, I said, like, the rainfall here... Um, is Bristol to my becoming a bet because with all the rain that come Friday through the night into Saturday morning, I expected to wake up Saturday and see Bristol to my getting backed in, but it was just a complete opposite. It was going out and out and out. And at one point I was thinking, tell you what, it's nearly three to one here. It's, it's becoming a bit of a bet in opposition, but um, in the end, I obviously didn't bother to stuck with Lost in Translation, which I regret now, but it was lovely to see Bristol to my win, wasn't it? it, it it's a superstar, Aaron Tadoff, to jump so well and 
at one point you, you saw Clan Desabau was coming to basically win the race, come there on the bridle and just when it joins Bristol Demire seemed to find a little bit extra, didn't he? And and obviously when it Eden won pretty decisively. So um uh, up for connections. He's he's obviously one of their stable stars and um even if he doesn't win another race this season, it's still been a successful one now that they've got another Beth Fair chase, another grade one. Well, we probably know that Bristol might just falls short of real genuine Gold Cup class, even though he has placed in the race before. But what do you make of Clandazovo and Lost in Translation? I mean, they both had tough races, didn't they, going into the King George next month, you'd think, on ground or, like that it was a Haydock? Is this to me? It is to you, Paul, yeah. Oh, sorry, yes. My, my, my review on the uh, on that fair chase uh, was a surprise that that it won. Not really. No, it's, uh, I did think a, say lost in translation would win it. I fancied it and had a, a decent bet on it. Um, maybe we're just a bit guilty of overrating this uh, lost in translation. Say it ran a stinker in the King George last year and then ran okay in the Gold Cup. So you know maybe you can't forgive it the odd bad run, but. Has it really done anything of note that makes it won that, that Mickey Mouse chase up at Carlisle last mm. year? And if say it was okay here, well, it was impressive uh, this time last year, I hate it. But other than that, it's, uh, for it to go off the price, it did. It's ahead of like the two time King George winner uh, and then the two time, well, now three time uh, chase winner. So I think we've just been a bit guilty of overrating it. Um, See, as you said there, it's always Bristol's Gold Cup then. It's always going to be trained for the minute for this. Um, just on what he said about the National, I w- would be interested in it. I just checked then. It was 25 to 1. Uh, I know he likes it soft, but I was thinking if the spring, well, springish ground arranged, he might help it get round the four mile because it's also going to be lumbered with t- uh, with top weight as well. So, he mm. put, I know, as I say, he prefers soft ground, but or would he want it soft, uh, shoulder in that weight? So, possible April Grand and Ainsley. And at 25, I've seen worse punts. Uh, twist, as I said, that's the aim. So, I uh, wouldn't put it on any, anyone off there. Um, Clandis wouldn't worry about that at all. I'd have to disagree with him. I don't think it had a, uh, that much of a hard race at Haydock. So, I know the Grand weren't, say, weren't great, but it was travelling like an absolute dream. I'd like to see how short it was when it went in running. Uh, must have been a short price, so I wouldn't worry about that for the King George. Um, just looking at the King George as well, just, I don't know if I'm alone in thinking it, it's looking to be a very uh, poor renewal. You've got Surname and Clander Sabo, and then it's, it's a bit of much ado about nothing. And uh, will Nichols run Surname and Clan against each other just to show how weak it is? I just Mona Lee's actually fifth in the betting, which tells you all the, the only other one of any interest would be Champ. Uh, he's at 12s, but it'd be a big ass to beat the Nichols per first time out. So I think uh, Nichols holds the winning hand again, but it's whether or not he runs the both of them. But I don't think he'll need to run both because whatever one he does should uh, should hack up for me. Henry, yeah. one horse that you tipped up, I hate early in the cards, that was uh, Tommy, was Master Tommy Tucker, I beg your pardon. Paul Nichols has said he wants to be patient with this horse because his had his problem with his jumpings, but. Looking at the field, surely after that performance of Haydock, now he needs to thrust him into the deep end. It's nine now, Master Tommy Tucker. It's no spring chicken. It's going to be ten in a couple of weeks. Yeah, I totally agree, Will. Um, I don't, to be fair, I don't think it is going to go with the King George. Like you said, he has said he's going to be a bit patient with it, which 
when he's got the front two in the market, you can sort of see the reason why. Uh, especially with Matthew Tom, Tommy Tucker, it's, we all know it's lacks for concentration. But the fact that Harry Cobden is going to be on surname and Sam Twiston Davis will, will ride Clenders about, it might just be a case of who would actually ride Master Tommy Tucker. So with the fact that Cobden obviously knows him well and Sam Twiston Davis gave him a peach on, on Saturday, I think the idea that them jockeys being taken, you may as well sit and wait and wait for a, an opportunity where one of them jockeys are available and you'll probably see it early in the new year um, I wouldn't even mind it in like the Clarence House something like that, two and a half mile around Ascot because I, I don't think it lacks for speed either, I think it's, it is it, it is a, a classy animal but yeah, um, disappointed I had a look in the King George Burton before it ran on Saturday and it, it's not there so I presume mm. it hasn't made the latest stage of declarations but yeah, yeah I suppose you could supplement it but I can't see Nichols doing that with having the two market leaders certainly want to keep in your tracker though Good stuff and over at Ascot in the 1965 Chase was a very impressive winner in Imperial Aura who was the Cheltenham Festival winner last season as well. I mean, Paul, this horse is up to a mark of one six three, and there's talk of it going Ryanair route now. I mean, Min won the Ryanair last season off a mark of one six nine, so it hasn't got all that much improving to do if it's to, to win a Cheltenham, but do you think that Ryanair should be the, the aim? Do you think that maybe it should be going for King George or up in distance, or do you think that intermediate, intermediate distance is about right for, for Imperial Aura? Yeah, at the moment, it's still got time on its side, so there's no rush, so it's Say Ryan is the perfect race for it. If uh, you say they're jumping them to sleep, the uh, name of the game and it absolutely put a clinic on. Uh, didn't see an air twig. Uh, well, Teller Light made it a bit of a, a mistake, second, well, second last, I think it was, but other than that, absolutely flawless. Uh, probably for me, the performance of the weekend. Um, with Chell, it's one in small fields, it's one in big fields, so versatility is not a problem. Say, so still likely race for the stage, so there's more improvement in it. Uh, so it's already shot, sorry, beg your pardon, shot up £30 almost in just mm. under a year. So uh, I don't know if we've got to the bottom of it yet. And it's like you said, there's some going through the win, Ryanair winners here. You've got Balho de Flo, Uxas Andra, who've won it previously. He's far better than them too. So of course he can win it. And about seven to one here. Yeah, I think that's a, I'm not going to get involved anti posted sevens, but it's a fair, uh, fair price for now. Absolutely. Henry, you impressed with Imperial Aura on Saturday? It was hard not to be, wasn't it, really? Yeah, well, I was really impressed with him, to be honest. He's he's very good, isn't he? I, I think I said before that I used when we done the podcast for last Saturday that he was around 16-1 to 1 for the Ryanair, and I just thought that was a crack and better. Mm. I had to get on myself, to be honest, just because with the Ryanair, like I said last week, a lot of the market principals, they, they won't even bother showing up. Um, and festival forms, festival form, isn't it? You see so many horses come back, winning different races, winning the same races. And the fact that he's, he's been there and, and done it this year in March, it, it, you'd be confident he'll continue to improve throughout the season. And I, I even think seven to one, I, it's not a bad bet. I think he's definitely worthy of his current mark of one six three. And I, I hope continues to go up in class and we see how it gets on Good stuff Henry and another winner on the Ascot cards before briefing then for a song for someone another one you tipped up Henry 
for uh, Nicole de Boinville, who gave it a piece of a ride, didn't need Lorena, maybe disappointed, sort of call me lord and behind, but you can't take anything away from the winner's performance. Yeah, it was really impressive. Uh, to be fair, it was one of the, the races I managed to, to get right on Saturday. I just thought it would get a bit of a soft lead and um, with it, with it, it put its jump into good juice and it proved tough tough to pass and that was the case on Saturday. I, I think if you get um, similar type small fields or decent handicap on, on that soft ground, I think Song for Someone will always run his race and if you can get, get a decent price, I wouldn't put you off. Um, whether it's a horse to follow throughout the season, I, I wouldn't be at hundred percent. I think it needs its ideal conditions where they can sort of boss the race on soft ground. Um, I wouldn't fancy it going up in up in class too much, but um, like I said, small fields or decent little handicap can certainly win again. Yeah, it might be about his level, might it be? Yeah, it wasn't a strong race, like you said, with Lorena, obviously. She burst another blood vessel and sadly being retired. And call me Lord, it's just a bit of an enigma, isn't it? Um, mm. <laughs> he wins when you don't expect him to, and he can you can never be sure what level of form he's ran to. So it was impressive, and it was a good win for for, for listeners, obviously. But in terms of progressing through the season, I'd only bother backing it in similar type races. Here on the side of caution, if you're going to back that again. And on Monday, Paul, we've seen the chase debut of Shiskin, the supreme novices hurdle winner at the Cheltenham Festival match. I don't know about you, but for as impressive as Shiskin was on his chase debut, isn't it just a bit boring now, Paul? Seven to four for the Arkle. You've got Envoy Allen, who's going to probably win the March chase. I mean, the, 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 I know not all, not everything's about Cheltenham, but two of the, the novice chases were already sewn up, aren't they, at this stage of the season? Yes, I'd lean, I'd say if, you had, if I had to pick one of them, Shishkin versus Envoy, eh, who's going to win the Arkle and who'd win the March? I'd, I think they'll both win, obviously, but I think Shishkin's the... Uh, with the one out the two, which is going to be many people's festival bankers, uh, as you say, it's say there's a bit dull and mundane, but say this they can only be what's it's a cliche, but they can only be what's in front of them if there's nothing there, you know what I mean? There's there's nothing really they can do. Uh, say seven to four, it's say it, it's fair, it is an all right price, I think, at this point. So say I'm not going to get involved here, like 20 30 pounds a race punter, but mm. I think some of the big hitters will be uh, hoovering that up because it's basically seven to four for it to turn up. So if it turns up on the day, it'll be odds on against the field of six max. So say not for me, obviously. Uh, if I'm not going to back Imperial at sevens, I'm not certainly not going to back this at seven to four, uh, four months out. But say if the big hitters feel free, uh, they're more than welcome to because. Looks like it's uh, free money for them, just as long as he gets there and as long as he needs to get around. Yeah, very good logic, that Paul. But I do remember Henry having Faheen in all sorts of trebles and lucky 15s. Didn't you want that year that he didn't run away <laughs> right to so, say? <laughs> yeah, I've had a couple of stinkers. This look after the Gold Cup was another one. <laughs> That's Always the mistake of anti punting, anti post punts, isn't it? Like you, you say, seven to four is a good price, but. It could break a leg on the gallops or whatever. You don't know what would happen. Henry, just come to you finally then. Any other eye catches over the past week that have caught your eye or ones for the notebook of horses that have ran well down the field maybe that you want to get on next time out? Yeah, um, I think we've we've touched on the main ones, to be fair. like I Just just going on, on, on to Shiskin quickly. I, I, it jumped so well, didn't it? I, I, like, I love the horse, to be honest. I think it's, it, it's got everything. I can see it within a, a champion chaser. 
I could even see it being similar to like a Corto star in terms of could could easily step up to three miles in due time and run a and run a big race there. Um, in terms of eye catchers, there was one in the bumper. Uh, the three fifty uh, Ascot on the Saturday, a horse called Wonderwall that I thought was quite impressive. Mm. Uh, comes from quite a shrewd stable, Richard Spencer, and it, it opens up around ten to one and got hammered into joint favourite three to three to one. It went off and um, travelled well, made a challenge, challenge in the final furlong, kept on strongly and. It, it was quite impressive to be fair I think that'll prove to be quite a decent little bumper there'll be a plenty of winners winners in there and I, I just think that's one to keep an eye on I was impressed with how it travelled through the race and the fact that it managed to to outbattle one of the Henderson horses that that, that equally travelled as well I just think yeah that that's one for the notebook Wonderwall Paul give us a horse that listeners can make a few quiz off in the future yeah, there was just the one in Ireland for me. It's not really a dark horse. It was a bit under the radar, but it was fire attack for Joseph O'Brien. Uh, he ran in the 1210 at Navin in the uh, Monksfield Novice Hurdle. I uh, just thought it was interesting. He was thrown into a great free race on only his third start. He hmm. uh, ran an absolute blinder. Just found one of uh, Gordon Elliott's a bit too good for him. One by half a length. Uh, maybe an experienced hole for it, but finished uh, well ahead of the well touted fruit of a lane. Uh, so I think there's potential there. I can see it winning graded races or could pop up in one of the valuable handicaps at the festival. So, uh, say Joseph as well with his handicap hurdlers. He knows the time of day. So, mm. I'll be uh, keeping an eye out for that one and uh, hopefully get it in one of the big uh, festival handicaps, if not a graded race. Excellent stuff. Listen to the On The Knob podcast in association with datagold.com. 18 plus, please gamble away. We'll move on to the action this week then, lads. And we've got an ITV racing card at Newbury on Friday. We'll start off with the feature race, which is the long-distance hurdle, great to a fair over three miles. And we've had so many small fields this season, lads, in, in good races. Isn't it nice to see 10 runners with a bit of quality to it? Paisley Park coming back, two-to-one favourite, McFabulous stepping out of Novice Company for the first time, five-to-two. Then we've got Time Hill and the Stayers hurdle winner in March, listen to Gar Oscar. Uh, Paul, the floor is yours. What, what, what would you fancy at this early stage? Yeah, just saying no strong appeal on this particular race, except for I couldn't have McFabulous with stolen money, and I don't know how he's priced up at 9-4. to four. Just looking at him here, he'd be caught and bold, caught and bold, rated 135. He beat him on his last start. Then caught and bold is just being beaten second to last by 34 lengths. And now they've got McFabulous priced up at nine to four against this lot. It's the worst price of the two-day meeting for me, and I'm attempted to jump on the machine and get the air uh, and hit the pink section for the lay. Um, in regards to this race, not really a strong opinion on the winner. I do like Time Hill? I thought that was a hot Albert Bartlett he ran in, mm. and you can make an argument that he was unlucky in it. So if I was going to have a better yet, there's six to one. That's probably where my tenor is going. Um, not having Liz Nagar Oscar. Uh, Paisley Park, I'd like that to win because the, uh, the division looks strong this year for the change. So for the first time in years, it's actually an interesting division. Uh, I'd also like him to hack up, so it's, uh, it might push my fancy for Cheltenham Fury Road out to a big better price. Um, so the race itself, Friday, I'll have a sort of tenor on for time for interest, but I'm kind of hoping Paisley Park can bounce back from his heart condition. And uh, say put some real life into the staying division this this year. 
I can care with everything you said about McFabulous. Henry, in terms of Paisley Park, we had Alice Plunkett on a couple of weeks and she allayed fears really about his Cheltenham performance, about the irregular heartbeat. She, you know, she pinpointed that Denman had a similar problem, but come back to, to win a Hennessy, didn't he? So, first of all, can Paisley Park come back? Second of all, it's two to one on Saturday. Would that, or on Friday, beg your pardon, would that appeal to you? I know that you are a, a huge fan of Time Hill. Yeah, um, it's good. Like you said, it's a cracking race on Friday. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Paisley Park, it's love. Can't wait to see him back. It's a horse that, that reminds me of Big Bucks when it won the World Hurdle in, in 2019. And I was obviously disappointing this year, but it had excuses. And hopefully it can bounce back to its, its 2019 form. This race, it, it does look quite a decent race on paper. I think Paisley Park will have to be back at least close to his very best to win this on his comeback run. Um, seven to four, two to one. I think that that's a little too skinny for me, given all the... The unknowns. Um, I can only agree with yourself and and Paul in regards to Max Fabulous. He's, he's just totally priced up on reputation, like talk of the yard. Obviously, he's unexposed, but it's it's big step up in class, and there's just no juice in his price whatsoever. Is there? I can imagine him to be a bit of a drifter on the morning. Um, like you said, I do like Time Hill. It's a horse I've got a lot of time for. I, Similar to again what Paul said, I love that Albert Bartlett form. I think that'll that'll be very strong. I, I like Monk Monkfish. I think that'll be um one for the RSA and a couple of horses have, have ran that were well beaten, like to the Wolf, that that's one of novice chase, that was well beaten in the Albert Bartley. You've, you've got the Fury Roads won well the other day. Uh, even let latest exhibition, although it, it got beaten last time out, second behind a good horse, but it did win on his seasonal debut. So the form's definitely there. And I just think time early, it was obviously very unlucky in the Albert Bartlett. And he's going to be a really strong stayer at the trip. I think he'll stay all day. Um, and I just think they're also stepping out in novice company away of chancing in this division this year. I think it's wide open. Um, I agree with Paul on Fury Road. That, that's, that's a similar price. They're both still double figures, 14, 16 to one for the stayers. And, um, Six to one for time earlier on Friday. I think that's a great each way bet. Um, I can't see it being out the first three. Um, I just hope the Hobbs horses, like I've mentioned previously, sometimes they are needing the first run, but he has started to have a few more winners of late, and I'm hoping that he'll have time he'll spot on for this. And it's it's not one of them. It's not like time he'll running in a in a mediocre race and it's going off odds on. If it's six to one, you're happy to give it a chance, aren't you? And mm. um, that's the one I'll be putting my money on on Friday, Time Hill. Two shouts for Time Hill then. We'll go on to the 150, which opens up the ITV racing action, which the Labbrook's committed to safer gambling novices chase, also known as the Berkshire novices chase. Great two affair. Disappointing that it's only a free runner affair, but Henry, would you be having a bet in this or would you be quite happy to have a watching brief and see what might be able to make an impact at a higher grade in the future? Yeah, well, it's it's not going to be a betting race for me, this one. Um, I do think Fiddler on the Roof will win this race. Um, would a touch of that odds on? No. Um, it did come on for a seasonal debut, didn't it? It comes second behind if the cap fits. It was well beaten, but like a lot of Tizard horses at that time, it they were struggling first time out, but he, he did put that right at Exeter last time out. 
albeit they only won by a short head over Fergal O'Brien's silver hallmark, but they were 33 lengths clear of the rest. So, um, I, I don't think every other horse, Hello Sport and John, was disappointing. There was a few others in there, and they were obviously well beaten. So, I, I think the form will read well enough. And um, Gallop and Track, nobody stamina test at the trip. I think that will play to fiddle on the roof strength. And I think he can come out on top again here before again going on to bigger things later in the season. Also, five filler on the roof at the minute, Paul. It's a lot more than what the bank's paying interest. Is this a banker for you or a blowout? Um, yes, I was kind of looking forward to this race to fill a cut up. I, I fancied the outside of the whole field holding out, I think there's about 12 14 to one for Shannon, but alas, it's a uh, cut up to three. Uh, the only one that I don't fancy kind of being boy, so I make it a match bet between Fiddle on the roof and get away Trump. Uh, you know what you're going to get with get away Trump. Can't believe he's only seven, seems to have been around forever. Um, so yeah, it's, I wouldn't say it's a banker, but four to five on the up and comer. Uh, still haven't got to the bottom of it, so four to five. I think there's a bit of even money knocking around. I'd be disappointed if he couldn't put these two away at uh, the fiddler. Fairly aptly, aptly named, given what's going on in America, isn't it? Get away, strong. We'll go on to the 225 <laughs> at Newbury, which is the Get Your Lab Brooks free bet today, handicap chase, a class two affair over two miles and four fairlongs. 11 runners, Paul, unsolve the puzzle for us. Yes, I'll take a small flyer on uh, Defi Sakra for uh, Richard Hobson. He uh, got James Best uh, jocked up for this. Uh, looks, I think he's been crying out for this step up and strip for four fairlongs. He uh, got caught out at Aintree. Uh, the two miles found it a bit too sharp and obviously Aintree uh, quick uh, speeds this track. Uh, albeit as well, he was staying, he was beat, but then started staying on towards the end. So definitely the extra strip looks like he's going to shoot. Um, I say tough handicap, but double figure price there. I'll have a few shillings each way on that one. Uh, not not too big, but definitely suffering. I hope that the trip up will uh, bring some improvement. That's the sort of bet that we like, Henry. If you got a bet akin to Paul's, or would you be looking for something singular at the head of the market? Yeah, um, the one I like on this is Old Grangewood. Um, I think it's around five to one at the moment. So, it basically won the race last year. Yeah, that nearly same race before going on to win at Cheltenham. On its its next start, it won that off one four two. It's it's off one four seven here, but I just think it's very similar to. It's run up to um, this race last season where it came on for the seasonal debut. It finished third, a similar time to when it made its reappearance this year in the Old Run Trace. It come fourth, very similar, got beat about 10 lengths, mm-hmm. looked like it was going to challenge both in 2019 and obviously in the Old Run Chase before emptying out after the last. And I just think that comeback run, it just it just reminded me so much last year. And then it obviously improved to go on and win this this race at Newbury. And I think um, Skelton's had the same plan in mind. It obviously was, was there to win the Old Run Chase. Looked like it was going to go very close. Emptied out, finished fourth. Um, Magic Saint was in behind. That's horse that's gone on to win since. I think that form is pretty solid. Uh, and it, like I said, I just expect it to be very similar to last season. I just think it's going to come on for the run, and you're going to, you know, what you're going to get. And it's it's five pounds either when it went off Cheltenham, but um, I think that it, it, that's more than fair. And at five to one, that that's the one for me. 
Hulk arrangements for Henry. And the final race on ITV on Friday is the play Labbrooks 1 2 3 on football handicap hurdle, class to a fair over three miles. Henry, little Rockefeller's in at what a warrior that's been down the years, but is it good enough to win this, do you think? Uh, not for me, to be honest. Well, I think this this field has got quite a lot of exposed horses in. Um, we know where they're all at. Um, the only one that that I think's a bit unexposed is is the, the Twiston Davis horse, Hill Sixteen. Um, I think it continues to get backed in, and it's easy to see why. Uh, absolutely bolted up last time out by forty six lengths. Foss Lass, obviously, it didn't beat much, but. It now comes here. It's ten pound well in. Scope for further improvements. He's he's going to be racing off ten stone four. So don't get me wrong. He's going to have to step up again because we like the likes of Little Rockefeller and there's a few others. We know the level of form they're at, but I, I always like to back a little unexposed horse in a race like this. And um, I think he I think he will take a lot of beating running off ten stone four hill sixteen and. And that's the one for me. Yeah. Um, I, I get on as soon as you can because I think it will be one of them horses that gets backed in a lot, not only today, tomorrow, and up, up until the race goes off at three thirty-five on Friday. <laughs> yeah, three to one at the minute. Paul, would you be looking at the up-and-coming horse in this, or would you fancy one of the more exposed sorts to produce a, a run of yesteryear and win off a win off a market? You mightn't afford it; might be able to. Yeah, I, quite, I like another youngster here. It's the uh, Tom Lacey train, Neville's Cross. Uh, Robbie Power uh, booked up on board for it. Uh, I know it was well supported uh, last time out in one of them Potem's qualifiers. Uh, but say you don't know what you're doing with them pair qualifiers, which there's all kinds of dark arts and skullduggery going on. And uh, if any, just on that footnote, if there was a race to go from the festival, it should have been, it should have been that Potem sport. There you go. Uh, so this one here started off at 109, it's now at 130, and it looks like they're going to have to try and get in that attempts actually. Uh, so it's possibly going to need another win to get up to the mid-130s to guarantee a spot. Uh, as I say, it's well supported last time, but say ran a shocker to be fair, so you'll have to forgive it that. But prior to that, it took its last two races in taken fashion. Uh, and as I said, I was looking at this uh, a couple of days ago and Powell was already booked up on Monday. So it's, obviously, it's, I know he rode it last time, but uh, they're getting the man again. So I say whether or not they're having a go. And it's uh, say it has been nibbled in the market. So it uh, looks like they're going to try and seek compensation for last time and uh, try and get that mark up to get in for match. So what it says Neville's Cross for me at 6-7-1. to one. Would six have been enough to qualify for the race? Do you think is that is that it's all it's madness, isn't it? Potems, as you say, I'd get rid of it. You know, you don't know what gets in, what gets you in these days. You can finish fifth, twenty lengths. You can get in. Would would it have got in? Finished the six at Cheltenham last time, or does it have to win to to make sure it does yeah, get in the race? I said, looking at the lowest I think last year was about one thirty, which it's off now. So say so you probably need another couple of pounds to guarantee your spot, as you don't know what's going to happen. So. Mm. Yeah, it's been looking at one four three, sorry, one three four, one three five to guarantee your spot. So he probably needs another win or say I know there's still plenty of time and he can probably find another race, but uh, yeah, just forced to say nibbled in the market and uh, power up uh, early doors. So must be a uh, fancy it uh, for Friday. So I'll be going with that. Brilliant stuff, lads. We'll go on to Saturday then. It's another cracking day's action. The feature of Saturday is the three o'clock at Newbury, which is the Labbrooks Trophy, formerly known as the Hennessy Gold Cup. Over three miles, two fairlongs, won by the likes of 
Dem and Bob Swerve, Nathan's River, who've all gone on to capture the, the Cheltenham Gold Cup later in the career. Henry, we'll start with you first. Looking at this year's Labrooks Trophy, does it have any horses who could go on to potentially be a, be a genuine grade one animal? And who is your selection for the race? In regards to your first question, um, it's hard to tell. There's a few that could step up. I don't think we'll see a horse challenge for the Gold Cup this year, but there could be a few few young guns that could maybe continue to improve and maybe have a go at a Gold Cup maybe next season, for example. Um, I actually really like a horse in this. It's probably my strongest fancy for a long time. Um, it's two for gold. Ollie Bell put it up as his charity bet when he was obviously on the pod with us and it's easy to see why. Obviously, he owns the horse. Well, he's got a, a share in the horse, and that that influenced his decision when he when he joins ourselves. But I just think it's made for a race like this. It, like going back to last season first, in regards to the reasons why he's really solid form last season. Um, he's only six, won a Grade Two at Warwick before finishing fine second in another Grade Two, the Peterborough Chase, which always gets decent horses lined up. Um, obviously turned seven now it, it made a pleasing comeback I thought at Weatherby on seasonal debut that was over two mile four furlongs which just he needs further basically he went from the front there still managed to run a big race only got pulled clear of the third but the, the winner was unexposed well handicapped horse really and that that that, that just done him for a bit of speed after the last fence you know steps up to obviously three miles here and it's going to be a stamina sapping trip isn't it? it it always is with the the Labrooks trophy you need a, a very strong stayer um galloping track like nobody and it, it's going to go from the front it's both front running jumper and I, I always like backing a horse that jumps well I can go from the front and handicap like this because you are going to get horses making mistakes you're going to have trouble passages and I think two for goal. It'll go from the front, probably be ridden into every fence. Um, it's going to have a lot of them in trouble a, a long way out, in my opinion, especially some of the horses that have, have maybe not ran in a race like this. They, they, they're going to get a rude awakening. And I just think you can get like 12, 14 to 1 for, for two for gold. And I just can't see it being out the frame. Um, it'll be, st- it, like I said, not going to be short of stamina and just, just. I just think it it's running off a mark of one four eight here, and I think that's more than fair. The ground's gonna gonna shoot him perfectly, and I just think it, there's no way this horse is gonna be out the out out the frame. It, it's a crack in each way bet on Saturday. A really bullish show from Henry there. And listeners, if you haven't listened to our podcast with Ali Ollie Bell, it's worth going back because the first ten minutes we talk about his career and ITV racing and just the ins and outs of the programme and the open show is a, a really good listen to indulge in. If you have 10 minutes free, I'd recommend that. Paul, you've got a little bit of an insight into the Kim Bailey yards, haven't you? So is two for gold a horse that the yards have always fancied to, to go on and do better things? And then next of all, who would your tip be? Yeah, I know he's, as I say, he fancied the rough vindication in there. So, and obviously no two for gold. So he was on and on and we're, to uh, to enter it and say quite telling that he does so obviously must be working well on the uh, our phone the gallops of phone dial. Uh, with the question there, I actually like one of his old sparring partners, and that is uh, well. I'll start. I'll preface my comments uh, since Denman eleven years ago. Uh, the heaviest anyone's ever carried is eleven stone six. 
Uh, so I've been looking south for that. And that has led me to Colin Tizard's Copperhead. Uh, his last run was poor, albeit, but at number one, it was over hurdles. And number two, I think it was just a prep for this anyway. That was at Weatherby, the, the race where Roxana hacked up. Uh, so I think he was just out for the spin there to get him right for this. Uh, he was pulled up, so you'd have to bear that in mind, but wouldn't worry me too much. Uh, and it's a case the softer the better for him, so this stamina test will be perfect. Uh, can't forget last year where he absolutely poleaxed two of them today. Uh, two for gold and Danny Wisbang. Uh, I think it was the Sodexo at Ascot. Uh, it was an absolute bug, and I think he uh, won it by about 15, 16 lengths. Uh, so I would say soft air, hopefully a bit of rain through the week as well will make his task easier. I uh, was just reading up as well, uh, Tizar mentioned this has been reading the stable tour in the summer, uh, and this was mentioned for uh, say for my boy there, Copper. Uh, it's the main target for a while back, so they're going to uh, get him in here, and if all goes well, they said they'll think about the Gold Cup, so if he's to be anywhere near that, I personally couldn't have him for the Gold Cup. Uh, but if he's to get anywhere near it, then it's a good performance here. Uh, I think he's about nine, eight, nine to one. So, uh, say, do a rain dance, get some air rain, uh, turn into a stamina sap and test. And uh, I say, hopefully, he can oblige this. Pretty sweet on him. That's Copperhead. Yeah, the Contis Adyards are in absolutely dreadful form as well, weren't they, when he had to spin over hurdles at Weatherby? Yeah, and also, I know he fell at Cheltenham, but you see, you can put a line through any Tizard, uh, Tizard runner at Cheltenham here. Uh, so it was too bad to be true, so not too worried about that. I say the uh, I think the one at Weatherby was literally just a spin round for this. So yeah, uh, I'm uh, pretty sweet on him myself, to be fair. Very good. Well, we'll go to the 150 at Newbury, which opens the cards on ITV, which is your get your Labbrooks one free bet today handicap hurdle class to a fair over two miles and five furlongs. We haven't got decks yet, Henry, but at this early stage, what would be catching your eye? Yeah, like you said, it's, it's a little bit tricky this race because could could easily have a, quite a small field or a lot of the I can see a lot of them are like double booked in terms of fluorescent is the one I've landed on. I'm not a hundred percent sure it goes this race because it is also in the decks for the following race. But I just think with connections having Marie's Rock favourite in that race, it may well allow Floresa to go to go here, which I hope it does because I think. I think it's got a cracking chance. It, it won at this venue last year, same meeting. And don't get me wrong, it, it had strong form up until the Mayor's Novice Hurdle, where it did run, run a stinker. To be fair, it was well beaten there. But we, we've seen that Epitante, for example, ran in the same race, Mayor's Novice Hurdle, absolutely bombed out, and then obviously went on to win a, a handicap hurdle at Newbury um, the following season before going on to better things. I'm not saying Flores is going to be the next Epitante, but I think he's definitely better than his current mark. Um, I'm hoping he starts to settle. I'm hoping she starts to settle a little bit better now that um, she's got another winter on her back, a bit more experience. Um, did, did go for a race course gallop <laughs> on live on racing TV last week here at Newbury, and although you can't read too much into them, it it it, it did look well in it. She did look well in herself, and I think. Um, She's definitely worth a bet in this race if you can get around nine to two, five to one. Um, I'd wait till till tomorrow just to make sure she definitely lines up in this contest. But she's the one I'll be interested in if she does go here. And Paul, anything catching your eye in the race at this early stage? 
Yeah, quite like one myself. Fifth champagne platinum for Nicky Henderson. Um, Saved so last seen at Cheltenham in the Kim World when it went off uh, favourites. Um, didn't disgrace itself. Finished seventh. Probably just found uh, the stiff uh, finish too much. Uh, so back here, back here at a more easier track uh, to say then. Uh, I'm hopeful. He's kept good company over fences. They ran in some races there with, say, Mr. Fisher and Itchy Feet. So he's kept good company without uh, winning. Uh, I do think he's better over hurdles. So that's the order of the day for Saturday. It uh, could be well handicapped on his old form from two seasons ago. And uh, as I say, the last Stafford track in Cheltenham could suit it. He's uh, won at the track before. He's only had seven runs in total as well. Three of them are over hurdles. So I don't think, again, we've got to the bottom of this, so there should be uh, more in the tank. And uh, it'd be nice to see a few of the McManus millions on it through the week uh, to see getting clipped in. Uh, that would uh, further boost confidence for me, but I'm quite sweet on this one as champagne platinum. Not the Martins millions ploughing into it, no? It's, say, pennies. Millions. <laughs> no, no, it's, uh, say, I won't be moved. When, when I get on, they move the other way, so, yeah, it's, that's uh, <laughs> Certainly not my money that would be causing a nibble. Well, the 225, let's hope your money might cause a nibble on this. It's a Labbrook's Jerry Field, an intimate handicap hurdle over two miles. Again, we don't know the decks at this time of recording, but Paul, the floor is yours to go first. Yes, this uh, the one where Marie's Rockstyle, she's declared because I'm looking forward to see her. Uh, she was my banker of the festival uh, for the Mayor's Novice uh, at Cheltenham, but uh, unfortunately didn't make it. Uh, yeah, she's going for it. Looks like she's dropped up anyway. Confirmed for that, yeah. So, say, so going to be tough to what? What is she about seven to four to two to one? Yeah, I think seven to four. What I'm looking at, that's probably the best price you're going to get. Yeah, she's going to be very tough to beat. She obviously get the allowance as well. Uh, so, your concern would be the layoff. So, I wouldn't be uh, having her as a bet. Uh, if I was having a bet, it'd be Milkwoods. Uh, that is for Neil Mulholland. Robert Dunn dropped up. It didn't it ran an air cracker. It was well supported for the Welsh champ hurdle. Didn't run too bad. And uh, that actually looks to be a decent renewal. The Welsh hurdle, obviously, so Royal hacked up. And then Buzz flew in the other day, so who he was behind. So uh, form certainly uh, being boosted there. So, as I say, I hope Marie's Rock wins. But if it was having a bet, it would be uh, Milkwood. Henry, would you be tempted to plough into Marie's Rock for a first run this season? Or would you be erring on the side of caution like Paul? Yeah, definitely. I'll be erring on the side of caution. Um, she's definitely got the most potential in this lineup, hasn't she? But um, it's going to be 336 days off the track. And it's not really the type of... The fact that it's been off with an injury as well, it's not really the type of horse you want to be ploughing your wages into, let's be honest. I mean, I think the market will tell us a lot the morning of the race. Because um, if she has been working well, I presume the money will come in for it. And obviously, if they're a little bit concerned that you may need the run, I expect it to drift out. Um, the two I'll give a mention for here is is a horse that I did I did put up as one to follow is Botox has. Um it's around eight to one. It, it's gonna be carrying top weight, so it is gonna to have to give give weight to a lot of smart rivals, which is a concern. But I think you're bound she's he's bound to give give a good running really um, it obviously ran at Cheltenham earlier on the start of the national season where it beat all mankind um, and a horse called the Pinkham beat that by four lengths um, all mankind obviously went novice chasing hacked up the following week so 
it's not a case of all mankind hasn't trained on. May well have needed the run, but um, Botox has slick hair left. I think be able to put it to a good juicy, yeah. Strong style at this trip as well. So hopefully go from the front and you'll get a good run. The other one I'd give a quick mention to is is a horse of Brian Ellison's, Mrs. Hyde. Um, it's a horse that I was quite impressed with on his season on on Halloween, thirty first of October, where it, it beat Verdana Blue, and you ask yourself, what price would Verdana Blue go off in a race like this? Because I think it it'd be pretty close to odds on. And Verdana Blue ran pretty close to form on that occasion. I thought it. It was seven lengths clear of a solid yard stick and midnight's gift. And Mrs. Hard is just raced, raced in rear and made rapid headway um, three out, travelled travelled the best, to be fair. Verdana Blue was first off the bridle and it was always doing enough in front. Um, Verdana Blue did get to within a net, but it never looked like it was going to go past. And it's a horse that could continue to improve. It's still fairly unexposed and you're getting around 12 to 1 for it. And I just think that, that that's decent form. Last time out to, to beat a, um, a mare like Verdana Blue um, over over t- an ideal distance. All right, don't get me wrong, it was soft ground, which might not have been ideal, but Verdana Blue, we've seen it. It's one grade ones, and we've now got Mrs. Hard, who's, who's obviously beat Verdana Blue last time out, running in a in a listed race, going off double-figure price, and I just think that, that that's got to be a good each-way bet in this contest. Well, what's the ground meant to be? What's the forecast it, saying for this week? It's forecast good at the moment. There's a bit of rain in the area, so it's touch and go. But I don't think it's going to be like it's going to be like ridiculous. Um, I think it's just going to be good, good to soft, soft ground, which is going to be ideal for most of the runners, I presume. I'll start ripping up that copperhead slip then. <laughs> it's still going to be a stamina and a sapling race though, Paul, isn't it? At the end of the day, they're going to go fast pace in front and um, they're always strung out like the Washington in the Labrooks trophy, no matter what the ground is. So I wouldn't lift it up just yet. Get out and do me rain dance tomorrow morning, I think. <laughs> Either that or get down to Newby and get the whole pipe on the track. <laughs> We're going to the last race at Newby, lads, which is the 3.35. Where is it? Just get up front of me now, beg your pardon. It is the Labrooks Handicap Steeplechase at Class 2 Affair for the Joel Jim Joel Memorial Trophy. Over two miles, we go to there. Paul, will come to you first on this one. It's um, not a strong opinion there, but I've just took a dart there on the aforementioned Brian Ellison's one. He's got King of the King of May here. Uh, what caught me to it is Henderson's got two or entered in here, uh, but uh, Ellison's acted quickly and he's managed to get to Bourneville uh, instead of the where you think uh, Henderson would have uh, first. So either the two Henderson ones aren't going to go, or uh, he's given his blessing for Nico to uh, to ride this one uh, if Brian's had a word in his ear. Uh, so I just thought that was interesting. Uh, he comes off here on a nice low weight, uh, got a bit of an absence to defy. Uh, but as I say, where I said the softer the better for Copperhead, I think this lad wants it the other way, so the, the forecast there might actually work on my favour on this one. Uh, I do think he wants it a bit quicker. Uh, notice he has been uh, backed in quite a bit. I think he was about 12, 14 when I first looked. He's now over to eight. Uh, so I think people are there, have seen the same, whether or not the De Boinville tip. Uh, and I think he's on a bit of a lenient mark here. Say, is it only a six-year-old there? There's plenty more to come from him, so... So it's one of them races where you pick a dart and uh, 
fire one blindfold, doesn't it? I think I'll go on this one here, the, the king of me. Hopefully that's the shrewd spot that listeners listen to us for. Henry, finally over to you. Yeah, the the one I like in this is um, I'm sure listeners might might be able to recognise what I'm going to tip up, but it's it's Iblio, Iblio. I think that's how you say it. The Venetia Williams horse. Um, a horse that I have I have another one that I have mentioned to get a new tracker on a previous podcast um, around four weeks ago. Um, it ran at at Ascot last first first start of the season. I think it just got to the front too soon that day. Um, it got it got pipped on the line basically by Moolah Gold, one of Skelton's horses. Uh, that that since ran last weekend, and again that that could have easily have won won on on the weekend. It, it was flying home just an extra an extra yard, and I think it would have got up. So the form's definitely in the book and runs here off one three seven. I I just think that's a, a, a another crack and bet. It's Venetia Williams' time of the year, isn't it? She starts to bang in the winners now uh, in the run up to Christmas, and I think she can get get one on the board here at Newbury on Saturday. That's Newbury wrapped up, lads. We'll go on to Newcastle then, uh, and the two hundred five is the fighting fifth hurdle, and it is the return of Epiton, the champion hurdle winner, who was so impressive. Also, looks to be going to Newcastle is Sol Royal Epiton four to six, Sol Royal five to one. Uh, Henry, for you, Epiton, does she still set the standards in the champion hurdle with some people calling it quite a, a weak division this season? And do you expect to get the job done against the Skull Royale, who's in form this season? Yeah, definitely. Well, I love Epiton. So I, think, I think she's she's underrated of anything. I think everyone was slagging off the champion hurdle this year. I mean, don't get me wrong, it wasn't the deepest the contest, was it? But she couldn't have won it any easier. Easier. She just powered clear after the after the last, and she just has all the attributes to make her multiple champion hurdler for me. She she jumps her hurdles so fast, flick. She she just real two mile. I, I think the world's a oyster. I think she can. She'll win everything again this season. I think going here, and I think I expect her to go to the Christmas hurdle, Tonk Ocean, and then obviously go on to. Champion hurdle and win again. Um, four to six. It's not really. It might be one for your doubles and trebles. I think she'll take a lot, a lot of beat on Saturday for obvious reasons. Show Royale hasn't done much wrong. It'd be nice. To, hopefully, we can get Ant back on soon. When he get well soon, Ant. I'm sure. I'm sure, he'll be back on for listeners soon because he he does love this horse, and I'm sure he'd be talking it up if he was here with us today. But. Um, yeah, I don't think it's good enough to beat Epitant. I think Epitant's the real deal, and we're going to see a, a fantastic performance on Saturday. Paul Epitant says seven to two at the minute to retain a champion. Here, look, I've got the likes of Abacadabra eight to one, Goshen eight to one, Sam Roy eight to one, Honeysuckle sixteens. Epitant, does she represent value to you at this time of the year, or would you be waiting to see how she takes to this season and can she bounce back and be as good as she was, or does she even need to be as good as she was? Um, yeah, I think she would do. I think it's a bit stronger this year than it is last year. Uh, seven to two is fair, but it wouldn't interest me. Uh, if starting to think of Abrahamald, it's. I think the problem is it, it's this ridiculous seven pounds weight allowance that they get. 
it, it, it's something that I think he's looking into. See, I did it with Annie Power. She was just she beat them off levels, and then you give her another seven, and she just runs riot. Um, say Benny's another one. It's I think they need to, if not get rid of it completely, maybe knock it down to five, if not three. It's say it, it can't push this one here. On she should be giving them seven pounds, and I say she she's getting it herself. So mm. I don't know what the love is. Most of the most of the resources are to do. The Phillies, they, they, they can hold their own, and in most cases, they're some better than the uh, than the male counterparts. So it's something I'd uh, I'd be looking. The only into thing with that ball is, you, sorry, the only thing with that ball is you're getting so many of the of the the mares now. The the you've got like the mares chase, you've got the mares idle. A lot of them go that route anyway. So I think if they if they weren't getting. The allowances in, in yeah, the open day bonds, you, you 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 wouldn't get any of them to turn enough. You, you get the likes of Honey Sucker, which should be going champion early for me, but it's not going to. It's going to go the mares early. So imagine if if they weren't getting the, Allow- the, yeah, the allowance, it could be even worse. That that's my only concern with things like that. I, I agree with what you're saying because you see it, you see it on both codes. You see it on the flat as well, don't you? But yeah. They need some incentive to keep to keep them going in these top open group ones. Yes, I said I wouldn't abandon it completely. It was a bit possibly, but I think the three pounds on the flats fair maybe may with it being jumps move it down to five. But yes, mm. it's always been. I've always had a BME bonus for some time. Where <laughs> about that? But as I said, I think it's here to stay. There's been no talk of getting rid of this, so we'll have to just uh, suck it up. You've got a lot of things. You've bonus about a lot of things, haven't you, Paul? A lot of them can't be mentioned on the podcast, unfortunately. <laughs> no, I, I, I love the odd moment, but uh, I'm pretty <laughs> chilled. And there's also another race on ITV from Newcastle. I'm just going um, just, just, just to say for Saturday, she is unimpo- unopposable. Uh, she won first time out on her two seasons. She's won on all kinds of ground, so that's not going to be a problem. Uh, Silver Streak that'll run its usual consistent race. Why is that uh, second favourite? That's second uh, favourite uh, over Show Royale. Doesn't make sense that. Uh, just uh, <laughs> with Show Royale, I think it's his third race in five weeks. Um, but I don't think it will win anyway. But that would just put me off a little bit. Uh, the one I would go for uh, for the forecast would be a uh, Ribble Valley for Nicky Richards. Mm-hmm. Uh, was out for 300 days had weird surgery and then come back and beat a nice one of Ollie Murphy's by about five lengths uh, travelled all over it and I just say they didn't have to ride it Hughes he just uh, say a couple of uh, shake of the reins and they put it to bed so uh, I think that's about eight to one so that'll be my draft for the forecast uh, effort fancy to beat uh, Ribble Valley Good stuff. That's worth a couple of pounds, isn't it? Then the other race from Newcastle on ITV is the Bethbury rehearsal Handicap Chase, Class 1, listed race over two miles and seven furlongs. Henry, give us your selection, please. Yeah, well, it, it's not a strong selection by all means, but the one I've landed on is the Butcher's said, um, Ollie Murphy horse, already jocked up Aidan Coleman. So I'm hoping Aidan has a, has a crack and day at Newcastle on Saturday. Um, the horse ran well at Cheltenham on his seasonal debut behind the big breakaway. Who is obviously getting talked up as a as a major RSA contender. The butcher said was coming to, to challenge the winner. I obviously don't think it would have won, but it was certainly going to be the closest challenger before making a mess of two outs. It, it didn't jump the fence that bad, but just stumbled badly and lost all its momentum. 
he's, he's got a mark of 1-3-9 and I think he's more than capable of winning off this mark. Whether he might need a few more runs to obviously get his jumping, because his jumping will be a little bit of an issue in a, in a race like this. But if it does hold up, I think you're getting a decent price. So I'd, it'd be a small, small stake. But yeah, the butcher said, just Holly Murphy's starting to come to the boil now after a slow start and he does have a fine record at the track. So yeah, um, it's another one of those where it's unexposed. If, it, if, it, if his jumpers hold up, it, it'll definitely go close. Paul, are we having a couple of pounds on this race each way or will you be looking for a win here? Yeah, what's each way? It's, no, no, you know me. It's uh, I said go for the throat. Can't can't stand the alley. Fifty to one or over, I might be tempted, but uh, no, it's always on the nose. And uh, on that note, it is I right. It's uh, trained by Harriet Graham, who's incidentally clerk of the course. I haven't seen that before. Uh, Jill of all trades, clerk of the course and a horse trainer. Um, but yeah, I right. It was last seen in the Charlie Hall behind surname. It didn't disgrace itself there. It was only about seven lengths behind surname. It was imperious that day. It did go up four pounds for a fair place finish, which I thought was a bit harsh, but uh, who am I to argue? Uh, he's been knocking on the door uh, back down in Carmel Waters here. I said, hopefully, if she can get a claimer put on, knock a bit of the weight off that day. Uh, uh, that wouldn't put me off whatsoever, but I haven't got a jockey uh, declared yet, so I'm not too sure who will be on it. Uh, one of the course as well, which is always a positive, uh, and about 12 to 1 I've found there. So, yeah, I'll be having a small win bet on I right. Superb stuff, lads. Well, we'll come on to the naps in a minute. Is there anything else catching your eye over the weekend? Obviously, good action in Ireland on Sunday. Paul, we'll start with you. Anything else that you fancy that you might have mentioned already? Yeah, there's just two. Uh, it's on the Saturday. There's a great two mares head all over in Ireland. Uh, I think it's the return of that concert Easter, the, the, the Mayor's Novice Hurdle winner. I think she's going to make a seasonal reappearance there, but it's a stable mate to I like. She wears it well. Uh, only have three runs, but uh, being more impressive with each time, it uh, looks a very smart prospect. Uh, career best on the latest, where she uh, turns up at a great three and won by eight lengths. Um, hoping that she can catch, obviously, concert Easter is going to be star favourite. Hopefully she can catch her cold uh, on her return. She's been off for a while. Uh, she gets three pounds because she's a year younger. And uh, it wouldn't surprise me if she can extend her unbeaten record to four. Uh, no idea what price she'll be, but uh, she wears it well to, for Willie Mullins. And then uh, it wouldn't be me if I didn't come on and give a US selection. And uh, <laughs> that is uh, a 14 to one shot over in the Hollywood Derby over at Del Mar, where the turf meets the surf. And uh, the horse in question, it is Storm the Court for Peter Orton. He's been in far better company than this. He's been running all year against Bob Backwards Machines, Nadal and Authentic. Uh, this just screams to me at end of season, American Grade 1, after the Lord Mayor show of the Breeders' Cup. Uh, it's a Grade 1 in name only. Uh, Storm the Court, 14 to 1. I can see it going very well at a better price uh, back down in this uh, company. Look at that. That can be the cherry on the cake, hopefully, kind of, after the Saturday whilst you're in between watching the box. And Henry, anything else that you fancy over the weekend? Yeah, not from a betting perspective. I haven't really had a look too deep into it. I'll wait till we get the final declarations. But that card on Sunday, Fairy House, is fantastic, isn't it? You've got the Royal Bonds grade one where Bally Adams going to be going against She Wears It Well. Um, and then you've obviously got the Mayor's Novice 
impressive winner, Constantista. So that's going to be very exciting. You can't, if I was to favour one at the moment, it probably would be Bally Adam. I was really impressed with his seasonal seasonal debut. Then you come on to the Drimmore, where hopefully we get to see Envoy Allen. Um, again, it'll probably be a no-bet race, but it's, it's always nice to see a superstar in action. And then, obviously, got the Hatton's Grace as well, which, uh, yeah, another grade one, where we'll see the return of Mayor's Edel win a Honeysuckle. Yeah, she's going to prove tough to beat, to be fair. She, she will get weight off a main market rivals, but I hope we get to see Saldier run here. Um, don't think two mile four will be his ideal trip. He's he's all speed, but it would be nice to to see him line up just so we know he's he's, he's fit and well. And I'm sure I'm sure he will come on for the run after having over 380 days off track. But it's just more of a case of enjoy the racing on Sunday. It's not really a, a great day betting wise because it's fully the superstars mm. that'll go offshore prices. But it's it's certainly going to be a cracker. Yeah, after yeah, I didn't realize that stormy fund. I didn't realize that royal bond. I only got to the Saturday, so that's where I noticed there uh, the race like that she wears it well was in the grade two there. And yeah, you're absolutely right. It's uh, they're both in the grade one Sunday, so I imagine. Yeah, I mean, kind of she'll definitely um, go go that way, yeah. but you don't you don't so because they do think a lot of, a lot of it, don't they? So yeah, so just take my point about Saturday's race and uh, same applies for Sunday, just the wrong date. Superb. We can move that, can't we? And right, we'll wrap up the podcast as ever, lads. We're getting your naps and next best bets for a lucky 15. Paul, as it's your national hunt debut on the podcast, the floor is yours to give us your nap and next best bet. Yeah, I'm going to nap the Nicky Henderson Champagne Platinum in the handicap hurdle. I followed up with my next best. There's going to be Copperhead in the Hennessy. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry you've stolen your funds today no, no, it's super for gold, gold can't we so Henry going to have to come with... I mean no listeners you, you can back both you can do the forecast you can have a couple of each ways but in terms of lucky 15 Henry what are your selections yeah we're just going to have to make two with the three winners out of four it appears, <laughs> aren't we so um... do you know what as I'm the guest I'll, I'll remove it off no, you can't I'll... change it now you're going to have to stick with it I, I mean Copperhead's bound I think I think you've you might be on to something anyway. It's it, it's gonna run a big race and now that you've said it, you never go off your first choice. So hopefully two for gold comes comes second. It's a copperhead lifting. <laughs> yeah. I just tell them to have a little cover bet on a uh, two for gold because it's definitely gonna run a big race. Um the two to go into the lucky fifteen, I'll take old Grangewood in the two twenty five. Um, on the Saturday, like I said, I just think it's similar prep to when it won this race last year, bound to go close. And um, to make up the lucky 15, I will take one on, I'll, I'll throw Time Hill in on the Friday. Um, like I said, six to one. It's hopefully get us off to a flyer and we can have a nice, a nice sweat on going into the weekend's action. Excellent stuff. If you are having a bet at the weekend on Friday, Saturday, Sunday or whatever it's day, make sure you are 18 plus and please gamble aware. You've been listening to the On The Knob pod. Please give us a follow on Twitter, subscribe to us on our YouTube page or whatever your podcast preference is. I've been your host, Will Rooney, joined by tipsters Henry Gibbs and Paul Martin. Join us next time.